It's another beautiful Sunday afternoon. This is Robin Mines. Welcome. My name is Ebuka Obiuchendu. Thanks a lot for joining us on the show today. Pretty hectic couple of weeks. Hectic couple of weeks we've had uh, across the country with so many issues uh, uh, coming up and being thrown at us. And a lot of Nigerians are not particularly sure um, what's going on. Um, in certain states, uh, there seems to be a lack of presence of security operatives. Still, at this point, and most people are still very scared of leaving their homes. We're hearing so many things about, you know, alleged killings in Oigbo, which is a part of a river state. We're not sure exactly what's happening. Um, hopefully, the government and security operatives can step up and, you know, secure lives. Yeah, property is important, but lives are most important. And I hope that this uh, can start, you know, seeing an end. Um, there's already a lot going on in 2020. We're still battling a very deadly pandemic, which is going through a second wave across the world. And Nigeria is hopefully uh, going to remain uh, open because the lockdown seems to be coming up in a lot of, a lot of countries across the world now. And we need some sort of semblance of sanity for people to be able to go about their businesses uh, in a civil manner and stay safe. Um, we're going to be starting our conversation today talking about governance and accountability in Nigeria. So much to talk about, uh, especially a lot of issues that have come up in the recent uh, past. And I have here with me, Ophir. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, um, there's a lot of questions have come up. Like I said, uh, the protests happened. NSARS is still, uh, still a burning issue, even though the protests on the streets might have died down. There's still a conversation that a lot of people are still having with regards to just what's going on with this, what's next. People are saying um, they are still citing uh -huh. sightings of, you know, of SARS operatives on the streets. We're not sure. And so I want to talk about accountability now because two weeks ago on the show, I talked about, you know, the trust deficit between government uh -huh. and its people. And that uh -huh. seems to be a constant, you know, sort of tug of uh -huh. war uh -huh. between both parts. Why is, does it seem so difficult for Nigerians to be able to hold government accountable? That's what it feels like. Well, uh, I would say that's an interesting question, and yeah. um, it might be worthy to note that um, quite a lot of people have done extensive research on, on what you're, and, and I think you, you did adduce to it by saying, I don't think it's something that can be easily exhausted yeah. in perhaps a 30 minutes or a one-hour conversation. But the fact is, you know, it's, for me, I think it fundamentally has to do with the structure of governance and, and the realities of how we have decided to govern ourselves. Uh, a case in point might just be for us to refer to, I mean, what's the, what, what do we call the present system of government in which we run? Quote and unquote, this is supposed to be a federalist state, right? But there is no, we are not practicing what federalism is. You know, model, you know, uh, like the Americans would have it. You know, we don't have that independence of states and issues. And that even now cascades even down to, uh, you know, police states, you know, how we have, you know, uh, devolution of powers and having state police and issues around that. So all of these things goes back fundamentally to how Nigerians, or we as a people, have decided to govern ourselves. You know? And the fact remains that the people did not decide to have this system as we have it. This was a military system that was inherited, and the democracies that have come after it right now decided to retain it as it is. So it's basically so, like a hangover of sort of the military mentality where things were done a certain way and the citizens are used to Absolutely. The way. president himself even adduced to it. I mean, the statement he was credited to saying, you know, I, I did hear him say, oh yeah, he listened or he, he, you know, he accepted a few of the demands at the initial stage and it seems as if it has been interpreted as, you know, as weakness. That already shows a very flawed understanding of his responsibility as the, as, as the servant-in-chief of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. That's already a flawed 
understanding and to think that the president, the entire presidency approved that statement or, you know, that's, that's like the product of all of the people and their understanding of what democracy is, allowed the president and he himself, you know, vetted and okayed that statement for him to say to the Nigerian people. That shows how deep-rooted and flawed our system, our understanding of what democracy ideally should work. Yeah. So it goes back to the basic, really. It's important for us to really go back to the basics. Accountability is literally not possible. We cannot hold our leaders accountable. It's a system problem. Once the system is wrong, I always say that no matter who you throw, think of the greatest leaders you can imagine over time. Throw them into the Nigerian system. The chances that they'll be demystified is so high. We have a system problem. We also have a capacity problem. We can always, we can get to that. But the system is fundamentally flawed. If you don't, okay, now look at the, the, the solution he has decided to, to, to the line. You know, they go to the, the approach of staying state governments to now, you know, open panels of uh, inquiry to do all of all that. So it's convenient now. It's convenient now to devolve powers because the blame is shifted from the federal government. But when it's time right now to give who the others, well, give others, we know where the others actually come from. So it goes back to the fundamentals. So why did they, why they beating around the bush? Why are they dancing? This government came into power and part of the cardinal things they promised was true federalism, was restructuring. Those were the cardinal principles that the all progressive go, uh, uh, party uh, decided to say, okay, this is what they promised Nigerians. But it's about over five years into the administration right now. Little or no mention of it. Now, there's been some work done uh, by a committee headed by, uh, uh, I think, Madam uh, El Rufai at the time, going into the next, uh, this, this last 2019 elections, about restructuring and things like that. The president later came out after, after the, the election to say it was the party who promised that he did not promise but separating his own mandate from that of the party. So you can, even if at that level, at that very high level, there's still discrepancies as, as regards the integration between what the party manifesto is and what the president's plan is. Let me, let me go to Mutiata Oladejo, who's joining us from Ibadan, um, to get her contributions uh, to this conversation. Thanks for joining us, Mutiata. I want to talk about, you know, he mentioned restructuring there, if you can hear me. Um, and it's, it's a conversation or a, a, a word that's thrown around a, a lot lately. Um, is that a realistic goal, looking at the way Nigeria is set up right now. We have a lot of politicians who are not very excited about that word. Most people say, what does restructuring even mean? Especially with regards to accountability, holding government accountable. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, when we talk about restructuring in Nigeria, Nigeria already has a structure. And um, restructuring depends on the way you see Nigeria as a citizen. We have the federal, state, and local governments. And going by the 1954 um, federal constitution, we already have a structure. However, governance since then has not been going by the, the structures and um, implementing the policies as contained in the constitution. Now, when we want to match that with accountability, our problem in Nigeria really is the fact that our local government system is not working efficiently. And since the local government is not working, that's a big challenge in the sense that, for instance, in Nigeria, we have several and for local governments. A number of people don't even understand the role of the local government chairman and what structures are there in the local government. For example, when there, it's time for election, we only see those politicians. And then there's something we call campaign finance tracking. We realize that a number of them actually have support groups 
and they have excellent management and leadership styles by which they mobilize to win elections. Then if that is the case, why can't we bring this idea into um, accountability and governing of the state at the local government level? Now, there is a challenge in Nigeria presently because we have rural urban transformation in most societies. Places where we regard as villages in the past are now suburban areas or even cities. And so the problem is that does the local government system in Nigeria understand the dynamics of managing this um, emerging African societies. So it is until some people who are interested in being in Nigerian government, if they understand what it takes to be in government, there and then we begin to say that we can begin to talk about how to rally around, mobilize and talk about accountability. Because for me, representantly, government is not more about Tea Party. We need a change, we need transformation. But the tra kind of transformation we actually need depends on the citizen. How does the citizen value the society? What does the citizen themselves understand about the kind of development they want for the society? Because these are the fundamental things by which, when it is when the citizens understand this, we call it a kind of value orientation. If I'm you sorry know what to... you value Yes, sorry, sorry to cut you in there because there are two things you've mentioned that I want to sort of touch on. I mean, you've talked about, you know, how, you know, we should hold sort of the lower governments or levels of governments accountable because, I mean, it looks like everybody seems to keep pointing at the center for everything. Um, and you've talked about the citizens now. Um, a lot of people will argue that the way our constitution is set up, roles are pretty clear on who should do what, right? We have the local governments, we have the state governments, and then we'll have the federal government. And the, it's clearly stated in the constitution what everybody's role is. Is it then on the citizens to hold these governments to account on those things that they should be doing? Because, I mean, yes, we, we, might, we might need restructuring, but the constitution is clear on what everybody's role should be. So is it the citizens that should be doing more of the holding accountable as against blaming government all the time? Yes. Um, the, the federal system in Nigeria has something we call a kind of concurrent list, and then I think the residual list to the local government system. So between the federal and the state government and even the local government, they have powers they share. The thing is, at what we need to understand at this level, given the kind of population we have in Nigeria, is that what we I can term as development in my own neighborhood may not be what another person needs in his own neighborhood. So the government needs to map out what is the need, what are the needs of the citizens. Then the citizens themselves, at the local government level I'm talking about, because if we can't continue to focus on the federal level too much at this point in Nigerian society, because the federal level is responsible for some things I call a kind of bogus responsibility, which is probably defense and some other things. But when it comes to issues of education and health, these ones are the fundamental things we have to ask our question, government, people in government about. They need to be accountable. They need to be transparent. We have to see them in action. And seeing them in action means that they too need to understand the kind of society they are governing. While the citizens themselves need to understand what are the roles of the local government. For example, let me be a bit practical here. We have several secondary schools and primary schools that um, the local governments are responsible for. Do they still organize oratory contests for students? Do they organize competitions that can actually make um, small families within the neighborhood feel the impact of government? When they organize this kind of competition, for example, they will be able to see um, young talents 
kids that have the talent to become um, um, part of the society and contribute to the development of Nigeria in the future. All these things, much as they are minute and fundamental, do we have structures at the local government level that tend to work on these things? It, is, it will be a shame when you go to local governments and even ask the officials there about some of the things they ought to be doing and they will, you will see this kind of nonchalant attitude and even some of them don't even have an idea of how some of these things should be. And so these are the kind of challenges we have. So when we talk about local governments and accountability, we should begin to beat it down. What are the things that we expect to see from our local government level? It is when we begin to see our society from that perspective, then we'll, it's not as if there won't be a way of engaging the federal level. I know there are several civil society organizations that actually have a way of making the federal government see that we are, how they are performing, understand their performance levels and all that. All right. I'm, I'm going to come back to yeah. you. Let me come with you now, Ope. Um, sort of going on from what she's talked about there is something that a lot of people have always wondered, how do we start you know, to look more mm. inwards? That's against looking up there in Abuja mm -hmm. all the time for answers. And something that happened interestingly this week, you know, there was videos of members of the State House of Assembly here mm -hmm. in Lagos trying to deliberate on a certain issue. And um, there was an uproar, basically, and people called out, you know, House of Assembly members. They were even talked about recalling some of them at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but Lagos is one state. And there's the constant conversation of, oh, Lagos, Lagos' voice is amplified because mm -hmm. it has a very sort of dynamic population. Mm -hmm. The middle class is pretty strong here. As, as against other states where... You might not have that sort of an eclectic mix of people who are mm -hmm. able to, you know, be a force. Mm -hmm. So how do we sort of make this more normal across board without, mm -hmm. is it a government issue or is it the citizens sort of going off from what she said? Absolutely. I think there's an, awak uh, an awakening required. And I think that awakening has started with the NSAS. That was, a, that was like the trigger that has, you know, ignited. Now, all of these issues that, have, that happened as far as legal state is concerned, these are things that have been happening over time. There's just a little focus now on that aspect of things. And I, I think that is quite encouraging. We need to start saying more of that. It is only through that uh, medium of accountability that we're able to call them to question, to even see where, they are, uh, where the mistakes are. You know, put them on their toes. That's definitely necessary. But I still think it's important right now that we go back to structure. There's a structure. The structure is fundamentally flawed. Now, you, the, the federal government cannot take 60% or almost 70% of the, of the cake and expects for us to not to put as much eyes on you. If you're going to take a huge share of the pie, we have to put commensurate uh, uh, attention on you if you're going to be managing that kind of resources. Speaking of local government, I mean, local government autonomy is part of the major issues that, are, that is very, you know, integral part of restructuring, which is, which is all part of the conversation which we're supposed to be having. How many local government chairmen, most of them are just earning salaries. As far as I'm concerned, if we go across the country, they're all just political appointees. Elections are not even being conducted at that level. They are all just serving at the, at, the, at the mercy of the executive governor who just uses it right now to, to tidy up his you know, loyalists and things around that. So there is really not government being uh, driven, uh, uh, accountable to the very people at the, at, the local, at, the, at the local level. So there is a need right now to first create a structure that enables people to function. That's why I believe that no matter how well equipped you are, no matter how good you are, if you have a systems problem, it's difficult. And even if, let's even just imagine that you're the most altruistic person who is able to perform beyond reasonable doubts? What happens? At the very most, you serve eight terms and you go. But if the system is not in place, so we see we continue this journey of maybe eight steps forward and we take another 20 steps backward. Yeah. But if you have a system in place, the system guarantees even when a bad person comes, the system checks him. 
checks him or her, you know. So it is important. So that's why my own emphasis is more of let's get the systems right. Now, there's a lot of advocacy around young people going to office. Like she mentioned, let's start asking questions. Let's start asking questions of our, of our leaders from local government to the federal level. Before we even begin to push these young people forward, let us be clear about what the problem is and what are the immediate things we want to address. Because I believe if we change the flock and replace it, it's just going to maintain the same old status yeah. quo. Something that uh, you, you, a lot of people have said, you know, we seem to want to have a quick fix to a lot of mm -hmm. these things. We've had constitutional conferences mm. endlessly since mm -hmm. Nigeria has started. We've had so many of these panels and, mm -hmm. you know, things. And there's also the, the, the conversation about it being the legality of it. Mm. If you start a constitutional conference, mm. what well, then is the job of the National Assembly, mm. you know, in all of this? Mm -hmm. And how do we make that sort of body legal? Mm -hmm. uh, but, but just to play devil's advocate mm -hmm. here again, you know, there's a whole law that allows Nigerian citizens to approach government and mm -hmm. demand to see certain things. Mm -hmm. Documents, you know, mm -hmm. open your files, open mm -hmm. your FOI. books. Uh, mm -hmm. The Freedom of Information Bill, yes. Mm -hmm. um, no, no sort of reform is easy. And mm -hmm. th there's a conversation about we want it to happen, mm -hmm. everything to happen immediately, mm -hmm. you know. Are we able to stay the course? Because mm -hmm. do you find that a lot of Nigerians know about the FOI, mm -hmm. know that they can demand mm -hmm. for these things and actually get answers? Mm -hmm. Without a doubt, I think there is a huge disparity between Nigerians who are, there is, there's despair in the land. That is given. People are hopeless, people are hungry, and all of all that is what we've seen played out. You know, yeah. with the NSAS protest and all of the lootings that took place, it further revealed the disparities and deprivation, even amongst protesters, amongst people, how, how deprived people are. You know, and it goes into how distrust, how, you know, the level of anger in the land, that's, that's evident. However, I think it still comes back to uh, how do we want to take this forward? You know, and is there political will to answer yeah. your question? What do we have the political required political will? I mean, it's not rocket science. What what what, what were we demanding for as far as NSAS was concerned? We wanted, I mean, the, the president or the government could have sh just shown good faith by issuing a statement saying all the protesters who have been arrested across the country, the police should immediately release them by by just dissolving Abacha style. You know, the president has that mandate. He has the authority to do that. The inspector general of police has that mandate to do that. That even shows for the very first time that you are responsive. But they are interpreting it as a way of, oh, the people are pulling your strings. It's, it's, it means that you're losing your power. You know, as an emperor that you are, you shouldn't be, you know, like you're, it's like a benevolence. You, yeah. you do it Let at a at, at token. Yeah. Let me just get a final word now from, from you, Mithi, uh, as quickly as you can. And still on the issue of trust. How do we start to close that gap, uh, you know, the trust deficit between Nigerians and the government? Very quickly. Yeah, trust. Yeah, it's something that is very important, but it's unfortunate that right from the um, moment Nigeria was created, there is mutual distrust and um, suspicion. But notwithstanding, I think the, it is the obligation of the citizens to begin to look inwards into what the government is doing. Be interested in looking at, forget about your, your, a kind of your, your bias. I think another problem we have in Nigerian society is bias. You have probably ethnic-based bias or religious-based bias. If you can remove these two and begin to look at the government critically, try and understand what the government is doing. It is from there that you have a mindset to actually know the kind of questions to ask and how beneficial is what the government is doing to society, then you be, begin to criticize wisely. Because the unfortunate thing in Nigerian society presently now is that a number of youths don't understand how to really criticize what they can find in their society. And if that, is in alone, that alone is a problem, because if you don't understand what you are criticizing, then you won't even have a way how to 
find a solution to the problem in right. society. Because as a historian, I realize that there are yes. some, if you look at Nigerian yes. societies in the colonial era, you realize that some of these things we are talking about had been existing since then. So All if right. that problem has been since then, then in contemporary times, how do we talk about it? That means we need to trust ourselves. We need to move beyond ethnic and religious bias and understand how our government is engaging us. Then we engage the government. Either way, thank you. you. Thank you very much, Mitya. Thank you very much, Ope. Like we say in Nigeria, problem not the finish. So we, we can only keep talking about these mm -hmm. things and please come back when we call you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're going to take a break and be right back. Please don't go away.